Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode. So we're back in the Honda Fit, yo. Yeah. I got the lapel mic clipped to my shirt. I'm doing about 75, if I'm being legal, 80, if I'm being accurate. What, what? Um, so... It is, uh, let's see, November 29th. It's now 10.56 p.m. Um, at 10.12, I was uh, woken. Well, no, I wasn't woken, but I was in bed about to go to sleep when my baby boy uh, woke up. So I went in there and changed his diaper and settled him and gave him his bottle and put him back to bed and then um, I walked back into the bedroom and my phone was ringing the the UPS ringtone so I knew it was UPS it's late at night I knew it was going to be a good run so I answer the phone and they say they have a delivery going to Sydney Ohio I didn't know there was a Sydney, Ohio, but um, I love the movie Scream, so anytime I can say, Sydney, Sydney, yeah, so, um, so Black Friday already happened, uh, my fiance was swamped at work, she said that she's never dealt with that many customers in her life, and you know, there was so many customers in the mall that the AT&T network was completely messed up. And, um, yeah, so, so I'm driving, driving to Ohio. It's, uh, it's like 155 miles, um, there, 155 miles back. Um, I've already, I've already basically saved one person from an accident I was watching a guy try to merge over uh, or change lanes and there was a car next to him and I'm watching him slowly go into this car and I'm like, oh my God, he's going to hit the car. So I slam on my horn, causing the the driver that's about to be hit to realize what's happening and move his car into the shoulder and yeah, that that got my heart pumping. That, That made me go, okay. All of these people are drunk. I got to get moving. So I, I drove like a Mario Kart racer and just got around them. And now I'm cruising 70 east. Um, I love the the long straight drives. They're good for thinking, good for listening to music, good for uh, listening to podcasts, audiobooks, whatever it may be. It is. Um, it's a good, it's a good straight drive. I mean, it gets a little hilly as, as we get up. Um, but you know, so this is the first lapel mic in the Honda Fit. Um, I'm hoping that it sounds better than me holding my phone an inch from my mouth, um, which got very tiresome last time I did that. Um, so already I'm, I'm, relaxed. I got my, my seat reclined back. Um, got my, um, got my cruise mode going. I, I, 
whenever I get on the interstate, I try to get as low as possible in my seat. I lower it all the way down, lean it back a little bit because uh, my Honda Fit is so small that it gets a lot of the lights from the truck's headlights and other cars and whatnot. So I try to get a little bit low to avoid all the, the headlights. Um, but yeah, so that's, you know, that's kind of how my UPS job works. They, they just call you anytime, day or night, and you choose whether you want to do it or not. Um, this one is actually, this delivery is actually going to a police department in Sydney, Ohio. I've never delivered uh, to a police department, um, but I did, I did deliver a package to uh, UPS, no, not UPS, an FBI headquarters in uh, Indianapolis. Yeah, that was that was intense. Um, that was that was something that I will probably not do again, just because it was it was it was too nerve wracking for how little I got paid. <laughs> I was not paid enough for that job. Um, but yeah, so I just finished um, Mike Berbiglia's new um, stand-up special. Um, let me pull it up. I loved his uh, sleepwalk with me. That was that was my favorite Mike Berbiglia. Um, he is uh, he's some guy that can make me laugh so hard and then in the same special make me come to tears um he's he's just he's an unbelievable guy like yeah so it's called the new one and i'm a you know i'm a father of an almost 10 month old baby boy and mike's talking about his experience with becoming a father and having a kid, spoiler alert, um, and it wasn't my favorite Mike Berbiglia, but after watching it and then processing it, I've come to realize that that he's, he's a performer, he's an artist, and his art is um, sculpting himself slightly to fit his new um, performance and you know I'm one of those guys that remembers the golden age you know remembers the golden episode remembers the golden stand-up special and I kind of hold the next one to the standard of the first and that that's not that doesn't always work in this world oftentimes if you try to hold it to the first it won't make any sense or it won't be as good and in all reality it is just as good if not better it's just you're remembering the past too much so sometimes you have to try to not focus on the past wins and you have to look at the the present and go okay this is a new slate um 
And yeah, I, I laughed hysterically, I think three or four times, um, and I almost came to tears. So at the end of the day, it was a true Mike Birbiglia stand-up special. Um, and in doing, and in watching this, it ends with, with a band that I may have heard of, may not have heard of, I don't know, but the band is called The Bleachers. Um, I'm sure that someone out there has heard of this band because it's a very popular band. Um, and immediately I became a, a super fan. Uh, they have five um, hits on Spotify um, that are like iconic hits. And the, the, the song that played at the end of his special was I Want to Get Better. And that song, to me, is perfect. It's, it's a perfect song. Um, and uh, I don't know. It, it, sometimes a song comes along and it, and it just touches you in the right way that you're, 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 you're not different, but you're, your mind is changed a little bit. Your way of thinking might be changed a little bit. The title, I Want to Get Better. I love that title because I I always want to get better. I always want to improve or fix. Um, and you know, sometimes you have to break a little bit and then reset. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, you can't always be perfect 100% of the time. You will always have to self-analyze and and readjust. Um, and I love doing that. I, I really do. Um, but yeah, so that that kind of segues into what I wanted to talk about, which is um, which is uh, failing and being a a failure at things in life. And oftentimes we're surrounded by this sort of I'm perfect society. You know, you have the, the filters on the face and you have the perfect bodies and then you have the alterations to the bodies to make them better and then you have the super athletes and then you have the super, super athletes and then you have the singers and then you have the artists and then you have everyone who is perfect at their craft and they're all screaming for your eyeballs. They're all telling you, look how good I am, like me. Like, 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 view, 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 view pay my mortgage. That's what they're doing. They're all standing up there saying, this is my talent. I've perfected this, or at least I've perfected it to this point in my life. So come and enjoy with me and love me. And no one is standing up going, I failed or I am a failure. And to be a failure is not necessarily a bad thing, but it is a, it's human. It is so human, yet we don't want to talk about it or bring it up. And I personally feel like 99% of what I accomplish in this world ends up in, in, in some form of way being a failure. Um, but it's never a failure because you have the knowledge from what you did 
that will will ultimately be applied somewhere else in life. So, like, I got super heavy into photography, and I thought I'm going to be a photographer. That that's what I thought, but I never did my due diligence, and I never learned my DSLR cameras. I would always get a camera, I would mess around with it, and I would never learn how to actually set up to take a great shot. I would, you know, do all the fun stuff with it, but I never could dial in what it would take to make great photos. So when I think back on my photography, I, I, I don't say I failed at it. I say I didn't, I didn't achieve a level of greatness that I wanted. And I am someone who wants to go from zero to 100 immediately. I want to go from amateur to professional. I don't want, I, I don't like that middle ground of, of grinding. I'm not a grinder. Um, nor have I ever been on Grinder. Oh, <laughs> but no, um, I'm not a grinder. I'm someone who knows what I'm good at and doubles down, triples down, and goes all in. So if I find something that I'm good at, then I will continue that until I hit the end of that greatness, meaning. I, I'm not financially benefiting from it or emotionally benefiting from it. So a lot of the times um, we will do things for emotional benefit or financial benefit. And for me, those two things are really important and sometimes they go hand in hand. Um, if I'm making good money, then I feel good and then I'm able to function better in society. And it's not like I'm seeking the, the greatest amount of money on the planet, but I need to feel like my work paid me money that I believe was the amount for my work. Like it's, it's ingrained in me and it's something that I've always, I've always had. Um, but I've, I, I've always, Strived for greatness and then ended up falling short. And, you know, when I was in, when I was in school, um, I was diagnosed with, um, with, uh, dyslexia and they couldn't tell us, they couldn't tell us what form of dyslexia, um, and what exactly was going on in my brain that was causing me to struggle with learning. Because I don't really jumble up words, and I don't flip words words upside down. I just struggle with, uh, or I did struggle with reading. I struggled with math, and I struggled with the structure of school altogether. Every single aspect of school I struggled with, and it got to the point where I was more interested in the socializing with my friends and other people than I was with school. And then, of course, I got into um, smoking pot, which definitely did not help because that's a, that's a definite no-no at school. So it became something where I had to 
leave school in order to achieve the level of mental fortitude that I wanted. Um, So from a young age, I was basically taught that what other people get in life, I won't get. So I was never, I, I never had the, the ability to just understand school and jump all, jump straight in. I, I, it just was not something that I could understand. And so in, and, and then also being an insecure kid. So you're insecure, you have a disability that no one understands and people might look at you and think that, you know, you're, you know, retarded. Uh, that's, that's what was thrown around when I was a kid. That was a term that was used. And so you have a school that's supposed to teach you how to function in society and how to get work. And then you, you show up and they go, oh, well, you have a disability. You have dyslexia. So we can't teach you. You have to go out of this classroom into another classroom with kids who do not have dyslexia or may not have it. And you're supposed to be taught by a teacher who basically just takes their time and explains things to you instead of yelling out at the, at the class saying, here's what you're going to do, do it. And then the class does it. So for me, I was getting a very intimate relationship with these, these very um, nice people who were patient and they could take the time to teach a kid who had a learning disability. And they were not paid any more than the teacher, if not less than the teacher. And yet they did twice as much work because they deal dealt with people one-on-one, whereas a teacher basically just holds up uh, some information and then the kids just absorb it. Um, and, you know, I, I wished that I could get it. I just, I wanted to get it. I, I craved it. I wanted that. But what I found that I could get out of school was... I could be the class clown. I could be funny. People found me to be humorous and charming. And um, I soaked that up like a sponge. My ability to communicate with other people was so great that I was able to mask my insecurities by humor and escapism. So... um, I got into rollerblading and then I got into skateboarding and then skateboarding got me into partying and drinking and smoking pot. And so once I was able to be categorized as a stoner skater, then it became very easy for me to mask my disability with the fact that I was blazed out of my mind. So, and I I, I didn't do this subconsciously, I didn't do this consciously. It wasn't like I thought about this, but it fit and it worked. And so I I became very alienated in school with the teachers and with the structure and with the principals. And I literally felt like a nomad at times. I felt like 
I didn't belong. This wasn't for me. I shouldn't be here. I should be somewhere else. And that's what I did. I would, I would escape. I would, I would jump the fences. I would run from the guards. I would escape to the outside world where I could consume, you know, marijuana and I could smoke. So, um, So that's what I did. And of course, later on in life, um, I realized that one thing that I'm mostly addicted to is the pursuit of fun. I'm more interested in fun than anything else. And that's why when it came time to do school, that was not fun, that was boring. Fun was hanging out with my friends doing um, extreme sports, you know, doing anything extreme, anything that was that was bad and breaking the rules, I was interested in that. And um, of course, back then, you know, you're you're just chasing you're chasing a high, you're chasing this this fun thing. I remember the the very first time that I smoked pot, I was. I felt like I was transported back to when I was eight years old. And I was just carefree, having so much fun. And of course, you know, when you're someone who has an addictive personality, you chase fun. You do that one time, you have a positive reaction. So then the next time you're chasing that positive reaction, that that high. So I didn't understand, I'm pulling off to get gas by the way, that's why it's gotten quieter, I don't know if it has gotten quieter, Um, going to a Shell gas station, but anyways, so, so when you're, when you're, when you're young, you're not thinking about 10 years down the road, you're not thinking about 20 years down the road, you're not thinking about a, well I wasn't, I wasn't thinking about a career, I wasn't thinking about longevity, I was thinking about instant, fast, fun, instant, fast, everything. There was no, it was all impulse. It was all right now, right now, right now, right now. And, 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 you know, I'm not going to say I'm suffering now as an adult, but I'm definitely going to say that, you know, my actions as a kid put me in a, in a place now where, you know, I may be chasing fame. I may be chasing some art form because I don't have the technical skills, or at least I don't believe I have them to achieve a high paying job and to create a life that I want. So, so I go after art. I feel like I'm an artist, but then I also feel like I'm a failed artist because Every art form that I've gone into, I have either not gone far enough and and left it behind, or I have um, gone as far as I technically could and then stopped because I was not good. So, um, yeah. So I'm 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 trying to figure out this, this life that's around me and, and trying to figure out how I can, you know, 
provide a a service to people. You know, that's ultimately what what we do when we live in a society. Is you're you're saying I have this skill, I can provide it to you, and then you give me money, and then I use that money to give to someone else who has a skill that can provide it to me. So it's this constant, you know, circle of you know, give and take, give and take, give and take. And I feel like I have talents and I have skills, but to get them out to the people is harder than it may seem. Um, I did landscaping for five, six, seven years. I I think it was five years out of high school. And I I basically started off as a one-man uh uh, landscaping guy. And, you know, I had like three clients and then by the end of my time landscaping, I had, I think 30 clients. Um, I had a, you know, 15 foot trailer. Um, I had two mowers, you know, I had, I had all the equipment that I needed to basically build a, a large landscaping company, but I didn't have the ability at that time, I think I stopped when I was 24 or something. Um, so I didn't have the ability at that time to take on employees. I was terrified of that. Absolutely terrified. Um, so I, 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 I called it quits. I shut it down. I said, because I found myself spending every day, except for Sunday, but sometimes Sunday, every day, just so focused on my clients that I literally didn't go on a date. I didn't hang out with any friends. I didn't do anything except for landscape. My life revolved around the happiness of my clients and that was it. Um, And I I, I got to a point in my life where I was like, you know what? I need to focus on me. I need to dive deep into myself and figure out where I'm at who am I and what am I doing? And that's what I did. I spent several years with massive hobbies and just really like deep thinking and, and growing basically. And, um, and I started to get more and more into art. My, um, my dad's mom, she was a, she was a painter. She painted like every single day, of her life pretty much. And I feel like I have a need to create. I need to create something, but I don't have, I don't have the tool for the, the creation and I don't have the creation. So I have the, the drive to create, but I don't have the, um, the art form. And maybe, maybe this this podcasting is going to be my art form. I don't know. Um, I just believe strongly in your path is leading you somewhere. I'm 32 now. I feel like I'm being led somewhere, but I don't know where yet. It's a, it's a blank future for me and I'm on a path and the path disappears 10 feet in front of me. And that's all I know. I know there's a path I know it's going somewhere, but I can't see where it's going. And, um, but, I, but I'm an, 
I'm an optimist and I'm also a pessimist. So I can be very, very optimistic about things. And usually I, I am too optimistic to the point where I don't see the, the downfalls that may be coming. So I go into it, you know, with, with all my joy wrapped up in this thing. And I don't really see where I should jump over this puddle in, and instead I, I slam into it. So, um, yeah, so I think that, that my life has been a series of, of highs and lows and having feelings of, of greatness and then realizations of mediocrity. Um, and the word failure, sadly, very sad, it lived in my household growing up. It was a term that was used constantly. And it's, it's, it's deeply embedded in my brain and everything is either a success or a failure. There is no middle ground. It's, it's, it's all or nothing. And it's not that extreme, but that's what my brain goes to often. So, um, so I don't know. I just, I feel like I have, um, I have an artistic drive, but my, my, but then I also have this intellectual drive. So I'm like the, I'm like, I'm like a, an amalgamy of like 15 different things all wrapped up into one. And I'm standing there going, I don't know which 15 are going to come to play. You know, I don't know which one of the 15 are going to come to play. Um, and so I'm just, I'm, I'm just moving forward. You know, um, I'm, I'm bringing home, I'm bringing home the money in my driving work. So bills are getting paid. Uh, baby is fed, you know, fiance's, she's happy <laughs> as happy as I can, as I can keep her. Cause you know, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. All right. I am going to end this one here. I will definitely record another episode while I do this drive. Um, but the next episode is going to definitely be more, uh, on, on a topic. So there we go. I hope that some of this (laughs) rambling got, uh, some of it made a point and, you know, maybe, maybe, um, you got something out of it. I hope I always hope. Um, but, um, yeah, definitely check out my Patreon page. It's on, uh, it's in the notes so you can click on the link and it'll take you to the Patreon page. If you support me, I will, I will love you long time. Um, and also you can, you can support me on, um, anchor, uh, if you go there, you can be a, a sponsor. Um, anyone can be a sponsor. You don't have to be a company. So if you sponsor, you know, you can go as low as $1 a month um, or maybe even lower. I don't know. But anything, anything would be awesome. You know, keep, keep my, my system flowing and my, my heart full. Um, but once again, I thank you so much for lending me your ears, and I will catch you in the next one. Bye-bye.